13th. So, Proverbs 13, I picked verse 20. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Well, today's the beginning of a new um, series, and it's a two-week series. We're going to talk about something. You know, what exactly is God's favor? What does it look like? How do you experience it in your life? I think there are lots of ways people might picture that God's favor will show up in our lives or in our relationships or maybe in our you know, health or our money or work, at work, security, influence, circumstances, lots of different places. How many of you would like to have the favor of God show up in those? Okay. Anybody who did not raise their hand just now, I'm, I don't get that, but okay. It's a good, uh, it's a good thing. And you can probably think of some people you know that things just always seem to go well. It's like, there seems like the favor of God, whatever that is, is always showing up in their lives. They got the secret sauce. What is the recipe for this? I'd like to know. I mean, um, I have a friend here in this church who, who has sent me the recipe for a certain secret sauce from a wonderful hamburger stand just down the street um, that I grew up with. It's a great cruising. Never mind, that's a rabbit trail. I'm not gonna, but the secret sauce. Some people just seem to have the recipe for secret sauce. But, and, and there's nothing like the favor of God having it operate. It's special and it's unique. When you do have the favor of God going on in your circumstances, there's this permeating sense of the Lord's presence, his protection, his, his purpose, all, all, all kinds of things that, that are going, it's, and it's unlike anything that you can buy. If you could write a check to get the favor of God, you'd be writing a check. In fact, some people maybe do write checks to try to get the favor of God. Stop it. I'm serious. That's not the reason you ever give any, a penny to the Lord. But I would rather have the favor of God than fortune. I'd rather have the favor of God than fame. I'd rather have the favor of God than a really, really close friend. I mean, that's really good to have. I've got, a, a, I've got several really close friends. I've got one who's been my best friend since high school. Love you, honey. Oh, <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd rather have all those things. But God's favor is more important than all of those things. And it's, uh, it's interesting. It's, a, it's, it's mentioned here an amazing number of times. It's not just happenstance. And here's the funny thing about it. Whether you are looking for the favor of God or not, if you have relationship and if you open your heart to God, the favor of God will track you down. The favor of God will track you down. If you have an open heart to God and, and you do that, and it doesn't matter where you are. It's not, it doesn't depend on what your nationality is. It doesn't matter whether you like Starbucks or Folgers. It doesn't really matter where you are. The, the favor of God will hunt you down. And uh, Moses is, we're going to talk about Moses a little bit. And we're going to talk about how Moses found the favor of God. So in Exodus 33, we'll pick up now. And Moses is, is supposed to be leading this whole clan of people. And he's got himself a hornet's nest. He doesn't know what to do. So verse 33, verse 12, uh, Exodus 33, verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, by the way, when you're in a Bible and you see the word Lord and it's all caps, that's the Lord's proper name. It's just telling you that it's, a, it's, it's the personal name of God. It's not the office of Lord. Um, okay. Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. 
Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, here's Moses. He's got to lead a couple million stiff-necked, rebellious people. Kind of like New York Yankee fans. Anyway, so, but he's got to lead all these people. And he doesn't know how God's going to provide and make one of those. And, and, and some of you are there right now. You've got something that you, that you know you have to do, you need to do, and you don't know how you're going to get about doing it. You just don't know how to do it. Maybe you're being called by the Lord to raise some kids, and sometimes you want to pull your hair out, and you just, you know, if you don't get the Lord's help, you just don't know what you're going to do, or you've, you, you have some, something that the Lord has called you to. And if the Lord doesn't intervene, you're just not going to make it. Or maybe there's a situation where, you know, I, I got something I can do, and there's no way I can do this. I can't do this by myself. And um, that's where I am. And I, because of that, I need God's favor. I just need God's favor. Moses needed God's favor. And he's saying, okay, Lord, I need to know. So let's pick back up in verse 13. Let's look at this in a couple of different, this next verse in a couple of different uh, translations. NIV, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. In the English Standard Version, it says this, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. And then he goes on to say, consider too that this nation is your people. <laughs> I think uh, you can kind of maybe sense some of their Moses might have been a little bit frustrated. So he says, you know, these are your people. He gives them back to God. And I kind of get that sometimes. I bet you get, kind of get that sometimes. Here, God, you can have this little boy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's my mom, I'm sure, sometimes. But he was so frustrated that he gave <laughs> the, the children back to God. And that's a good place to be. It really is a good place. Because when you give the thing that God gave to you, when you give that back to him and say, God, I need you, you're now a candidate for his favor. That makes you, that places you as a candidate for his favor. Because here now, here's the key point for today. You cannot achieve favor. You must receive favor. That's worth repeating. You cannot achieve favor. You must receive favor. And Moses needs God to fill in the blanks here for him a little bit more. So let's, God starts answering him. Verse 14. And God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And Moses said to him, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, This very thing that you have spoken, I will do. For you have found favor. Everybody say that together. Found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Now, so we've talked about Moses in the Old Testament. Let's flip over and take a look at an example in the New Testament. And this, this is actually what stirred me about doing this on Mother's Day because, you know, here's the mother. Luke 1, verse 28. We're going to just touch in and visit Mary for a moment. The angel said to her, went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The favor of God is mentioned in the Bible almost as many times as grace and mercy. That's amazing. We'd have never thought about that almost that many times. It's not some kind of a sidebar on Christian life. It's a pretty major deal. 
So I've worked up a little bit of a definition for you um, about the favor of God, and I'll, then I'll make a case for this definition as we go along. The favor of God is the guarantee of his presence and the provision of his power to accomplish his highest purposes in and through my life. That's a lot. Let's go through that again. The guarantee of his presence and the provision of his power to accomplish his highest purposes in and through my life. Isn't that pretty? That just kind of sings. You should write that down and stick that on the fridge. I mean, <laughs> thank you, honey. The reason, that, the reason that you should do that is because there are a lot of fallacies out there about the favor of God. And I know when I, when I say to you, well, I'm going to preach about the favor of God, um, you know, some of you who have been in the church, you got a churchy background and you've seen some weird stuff over the years. You, you know, you, you're thinking, oh, you're one of those preachers. And what you mean by that is that I'm one of those preachers maybe who I'm going to tell you that if you have a special relationship with God and, and if you have a special connection with him and if you do certain things for him, life will always be easy and everything will go smoothly and you'll always, it'll never be difficult. But you've lived long enough to know that even if you tithe and even if you serve in the children's ministries, sometimes you're not going to get the parking spot at the front door, right? <laughs> I mean, parking spots, I kind of chuckle about that because I've got a close friend and, um, you know, it's spooky. You know, we, he says, hey, hop in the car. It's Christmas time. We've got to run up to the mall for something. You know, I don't want to go to the mall at Christmas time. You don't want to go to the mall, but you're there anyway. And... For some reason, we pull in there, and there's always a spot at the end right by the door. I mean, every time. It's uncanny. It's almost, you know, spooky. And, uh, you know, we joke about that. You know, how come you always get the one at the door, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we, he and I went to the drag races one time. And uh, he, somehow, somehow he always gets these parking places that are just impossible. To get. We go to the drag races, and there's thousands of people there. And if you've ever been to the drag races at SIR, if you haven't, you need to go, okay? The drag races are off-the-scale cool. The big ones. Nitromethane, it's, it'll kill you, the sound, the fumes, everything's toxic. It's wonderful to go there. <laughs> it's really cool. Anyway, so the, if you're just an ordinary you know, Joe like us, you park way out on the other side of Sherwood Forest and you hike for a day and a half to get to the track. But we're, we're on our way in one time, and um, he's got this big white SUV thing. which um, So we're driving it in, and for some reason, the, all of these parking Gestapo guys uh, who are waving all the cars to go park and, you know, park. They wave us past. They kept, you know, point after point. There's probably three or four places where they should have stopped us. We didn't have the right credentials. We even get to the place where you have to give your tickets. They just kept flagging us past. And we kept going, yeah, yeah, keep going. They want us to go. Let's go. It's like, you know, Jedi mind tricks. You know, these aren't the droids you're looking for. Move along. (laughs) And, (laughs) And I mean, I mean, and they ended up parking us inside the pits between the race teams. I, that, man, I, I didn't want to leave. It was so cool. The parking, I want to stay in the car. It's like, wow, we have to park here. I mean, you know, but some of you, you know, I joke about parking spots, but some of you know that things can get a little worse than not getting a parking spot. Maybe you've seen a person who didn't get healed and it was a really good person. And you and a whole lot of other people prayed hard. And so when a preacher says, favor of God, live your life this way, things will go smooth, you got some skepticism, and I agree with you on that. 
and that skepticism can kind of set in in our lives. Well, I, I, I want to just declare to you today that the favor of God is not the same as favors from God. I mean, I think a lot of people say, you know, I want the favor of God. I mean, even if you're not a church person, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah, hey, I'll take some of that. What do I have to do? Do I have to do something or is it free? What do I have to do? Yeah, I'll sign me up, favor of God. They may have nothing to do, but if you say it's available, why not? What do I have to do? And that's the thing. Sometimes people who've been wanting favor from God, they're instead, they're saying, instead of wanting his favor like I've described it, they're saying they want his favor, they want him to do favors for their convenience. And when Moses asked God for a favor, it wasn't so he could have more camels or so that he could have more jewelry or so he could have whatever the latest, easiest convenience of modern life would been would have been back there, like quick-release camel latch or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he could have asked for those things, but that's not what he did. He wanted God's favor so he could know God. Now, I want to go back and reread that scripture that we did, and this time, I'm sorry, it's going to be a small font on the wall, but it's because I want you to see some semantics of it, so you'll just have to trust me that I'm actually reading the words, or if you can see up close, you can see it. So, so here we go. Let's go through this again, because there's an interesting, there's a very interesting semantic lesson. This little passage that's going on here, is, it, there's a whole lot going on more than face value. Let's look and see. Starting back in verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, See... You say to me, bring up this people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor. Now, this word here used for favor is also used as the word grace all throughout the Bible, favor and grace. You have also found favor grace in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor grace in your sight, please show me your ways that I may know you in order to find favor grace in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. Now, God answers. Seems like God might be answering a different question, but he's not. He's answering the same question. He said, my face. We translate it as presence, but the word literally, reading presence here, is face. Moses says, I want your favor slash grace. God says, you get this. Wow. Did you not hear my question, God? Because I'm asking for favor, grace. God's going, yeah, I heard your question. I know exactly what you're asking for, and I am answering your question. And God said, my face will go with you, and I will give you rest. Moses asks for a favor, grace. God says, what you get is my face. Yeah, you get favor, grace. And Moses said to him, if your face will not go with me. Don't bring me up from here. Moses gets it. He switched his semantics from favor slash grace to face or presence. You, do you catch that? Great shift going on here. For how shall it be known that I have favor grace in your sight, I and your people? Is it not your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people in the face of the earth. And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that I have spoken, I will do. For you have found favor, grace, in my sight, and I know you by name. In other words, you get it, Moses. 
Favor and grace is my face. My presence is favor and grace. And it's not just a cutesy thing. There is something about my presence that changes the circumstances. It changes the rules to the game. It changes what's normal. It changes what's predictable. It changes your expectations. And the way that that it changes is because of the power of the love of the Lord. The power of the loveliness of the Lord. Now, this is a little bit of a rabbit trail. I won't spend long on this, but this conversation goes on, and this is a gold mine. It's really rich because in this next conversation, they touch on the topic of glory. The word used in this passage, and I'm not going to read it, the word used here for glory literally means weight. Lord, show us your weight, which means the magnitude, the amount of what? Well, The truth is of his loveliness, of his beauty. If you study the words that goes on there, in fact, the passage goes on and and God basically says in this same in the same context about his his glory and his weight and his beautiness. He says, that's why no man can look on my face and live. Think about that for a minute. Is it because the magnitude of the Lord's loveliness is lethal? I'm just, I'm on a rabbit trail now, okay? Just go with me for a minute. If the Lord says, no man can look on me and live, we we have this picture painted for us by Hollywood and everywhere else, that if you look on the face of God, some sort of regal decorum will strike you down. You can't see God's face melt. You melt, you little insignificant. No, I don't think that's what the scripture is saying. It's saying the Lord's glory, his magnitude is about his loveliness. Have you heard of people being scared to death? Something was so scary, their heart literally stopped and they went dead. I mean, I've heard of it, never seen it. Why wouldn't the opposite be possible? Something so lovely, so beautiful, that when you behold it, it's overwhelming to you and you can't live. I don't know. It's a possibility. But that's what the words seem to say if you go on to read that. Interesting rabbit trail. At least it was interesting to me. God's favor is the guarantee of God's presence. It's not, God's favor is not some sort of formula. It's not a series of steps that you can take. It's a living, breathing dynamic in a relationship with Jesus that changes the way you see God and the way he sees you both ends of that. And that's probably the most important thing about God's favor. For a long time, I believed that God loves Terry because he has to. His Bible says, if you open your heart to, the, to, to his son, Jesus, if you, you know, he's faithful and just to confess, you know, all of those, he, it's a contract. He has to love me. And I think, you know, that's the way some people think. But favor teaches us that God doesn't just Love me. He likes me. Because he wants to. That's kind of amazing. He doesn't just love you because he got suckered into it, right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) He likes you because he made you. He's got a plan for you. He's got a purpose for you. And if you're in Christ, he's really pleased with you because of a finished work done by Jesus, his son. I 
there's an old cliche, <laughs> and then it kind of gets on our nerves sometimes, at least gets on mine. And I hear people say, you know, well, the Bible says I have to love them, but I don't have to like them. And there were times that I thought that's kind of how God, you know, felt about Terry. Well, I got to love Terry, but I got to, you know, I got to love him. But, you know, he just gets on my last nerve. This is God if they're talking about me. <laughs> like, you know, he's so jacked. I, I try teaching him patience and he just, I'm tired of him not getting it. Did you get that? God's, never mind. Okay. That, cross that joke off forever. God's getting tired of trying to teach Terry patience. You get it. You still don't get it. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> that's that's an indication of a mental instability on my part because I say it, tell a joke, you don't get it. So I just tell it again thinking you'll get it a second time. Like, come on, Terry. Who got it? That's a good mother. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. <laughs> or, you know, I, I think sometimes that's how I felt like God was thinking about me. Like, you know, come on, Terry, you pray for a child. And then when the child cries in the middle of the night, you get frustrated. I answered your prayer. I gave you what was my plan and your heart's desire. And, you know, so I thought because of my shortcomings, I wasn't all that likable. He must not like me very much. But when you understand that the way that God feels about you goes way beyond the way you feel about you, and you, then you'll know, and favor will show you, that God didn't choose you based upon your performance, but he chose you based upon your purpose. Then you can understand that his favor in your life doesn't just mean that life will get easier. It just means this, that when you decide to stop what you're doing and pray to him, heaven stops. Heaven stops because of the way he looks at you and, and the way he listens to your prayers. His favor, you know, I, I think that I'd like to see Crossroads become a church of favorites. You know, we got all these ites in the Bible. We got Hittites, Perizzites, Amalekites. We got all these ites. I think we should have a church full of favorites. People who are humble enough to say, you know, it's, it's really all about God. People who, who understand favor, understand that if it wasn't for the Lord Jesus, you know, I'd be dust right now. My marriage would be a, a memory. My enemies would have swallowed me up. And when you really understand the favor of God, it's kind of a humbling thing. It's like the Lord draws you into a relationship in spite of your failings. And he chooses you anyway, anyway. I've, um, you know, I've, I've, I've been asked before because I've had this history with a notable leader in Foursquare. People have asked me about him. And, um, you know, you'll figure out who this is it's, if, you don't, if you know who Burt Smith is. He's a close friend of mine, and he was my boss and my pastor. He is my, my pastor. And um, so we have this, I, I think it's a true friendship, and we go back a long ways. But people have heard things, and they say, you know, is your, I've heard your pastor is pretty demanding. Yeah. Is he, he, he can be pretty hard, hard to, hard on you. Yeah. But you still love him? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, he's so, so, so demanding. How can you love him? I got lots of reasons, but you know, there's, there are, there are lots of reasons I could tell you, but I'm going to tell you one story in particular that is pertinent for here. There was a, this is a long time ago, and, and um, 
there had been this series of, I'll just call them corrections, shaping going on in my soul and in my life by my overseer, by my leader. And I started to feel like I wasn't measuring up. I started feeling like I just couldn't get things right. And I was wondering if I was really the right person for my job. Had a lot of responsibility. I was overseeing a lot of people and doing a bunch of stuff. And I had a lot of questions. And so I sat down with him. I said, I also don't know if I'm really the right guy for the job here. I, I keep failing. I'm not blah, 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 blah. And he was taken back by that. I mean, literally. It's like biting down on a bad tooth. What? You know. You wonder if you're the right person for the job? I love you. You're amazing. You're perfect for the job. He starts saying those kinds of things to me. And I say, well, I, I, this, these notes, these emails, these letters, you know, they just, sometimes they just feel so harsh. And he looked at me and he said, you know, that's because when you read those, you're misunderstanding the tone of those notes. You've misunderstood my heart. And he said, I want you to do something for me. From now on, you ever get a note from me, you ever get a letter from me, I want you to read it and picture that I was smiling when I wrote it. (laughs) Because that's how I feel about you all the time. That's what he said. Now, I wonder how much our view of God would change if we read his word knowing he was smiling when he said it. Like we really believe, yeah, I've found favor with God. I mean, God doesn't always say things that are nice and easy to hear. There's some tough stuff in there. Next week, I'm going to spend some time talking about, you know, how you walk in the favor of God. And I'm going to break this down a little bit more. But for now, what I want you to see is that even when God is correcting you, if you have his favor, he's smiling over you while he's correcting you. He accepts you even as he's shaping you because you found favor in his sight. Now, that's good news. Some of you, you know, you should be happy right now. If you're happy and you know it, tell your face. Okay. Or clap. That'll work too. <laughs> People tell me that, hey, Terry, tell your face that you're happy, would you? Okay. <laughs> I'm smiling on the inside most all the time. Most all the time. Most. How's that for, for fine print? So favor with God. You know, there's really nothing like it. You know, I found that. When I have the favor of God, stuff happens to me that, you know, that really shouldn't happen. Even, even when bad stuff happens that I wish didn't happen to me, it, the Lord it, it somehow turns out producing something that I wouldn't even known to have prayed for. If I'd, sometimes if I'd got what I really wanted, I would have really missed out, because, but I didn't because I have his favor. I, I'm, I was doing this kind of research for Living Water. We were... This is a number of years ago, and we were, we were trying to figure out what we were going to do about church growth. We'd been trying to do all this building, and the, the, the government kept saying, no, 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 permit-wise. So we're trying to figure out, okay, we've got to figure out because we're growing. We've got to make room. We've got to do something. So we decided what we were going to try and do was um, get a video camera up and start doing videos. And, and then you could have services at multiple places at once because of the message being streamed. And 
I don't want to get off on that tangent. I just want to talk about the process. Sort of my responsibility to figure out if, if that can be done, how would you go about doing it? And we found out that there was this huge church in Honolulu that was very successful at it, very notable. And they had a great leadership team. And the pastor there had written a book called Doing Church as a Team. It was sounded like a pretty good solution. And so the appropriate thing for me to do my ministry was to go to Honolulu and study. <laughs> Somebody had to do it. It might as well be me. <laughs> so they do these huge seminars over there, and they train people on all this, and they show them how to do all these things. And they do them a couple times a year, and you sign up for it and so forth. But we didn't have time. So I thought, well, just a couple of us were going to kind of sneak over there just go to the services, go hang around, see what we could pick up, maybe talk to a few leaders, and just glean what we could on the edges of the fields, right, kind of a deal. We were going to do some gleaning. And, uh, but I did call in advance, and I said, hey, um, just so you know, I'm going to bring a couple of leaders over there. We're going to kind of watch you and learn. Oh, well, you should come to the seminar. We don't have time, but we really want you to do that instead. I said, I'm really not trying to be a tr- pro- troublemaker. You got 5,000 or 8,000 people attending that weekend, three more. We'll just, no one will notice. We won't be weird. We're just going to be, we'll attend church. Please just want you to be aware. I'm just being doing, I was trying to do the appropriate honoring thing, letting them know. So we get over there, and there's a message waiting for me in my hotel room. I've never had a message waiting in my Have you ever had a message? Man, I'm, I, I have a message waiting for me. Please call this number. I, I call the number, and they say, go to such and such a restaurant. Be there at noon. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, you do. Oh, good. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> Well, you just the way you said, of course, I thought maybe I was anyway. So, um, <laughs> so, so, okay, we go. Now, the person that had left the message happened to be the administrative assistant to the, like the top dog of this huge organization. His name is Wayne Cadero and he's a pretty famous guy. Wonderful man. I thought, well, we better do this because this is the boss's assistant. We better go. And so we show up. And here's at, th- at this table is Wayne Cadero sitting at this table. Now, Wayne is, uh, you know, it's not like we're on a first-name basis. He wouldn't know me from Adam if I showed up. But for this purposes, we're going to call him Wayne, okay? <laughs> so Wayne, he's sitting at the table. As we walk in, he leaps to his feet, sticks out his hand. Hi, Terry. Hi, Lisa. And he starts naming the people in our group. And I said, you know what? This wasn't, I didn't mean to take your, t- you're busy. I'm, you know, he said, no, 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 no. This is important. Sit down. We ended up spending probably two, two and a half hours having lunch together, but it was really about picking his brain about vision, how the whole thing worked. The point I want to make is this. If I had tried to force my way into the favor of God by spending time with Wayne Cadero, there's no way I could have engineered it. There's, he's, got, he's too important. He's got too many people. There's too many demands on his time. There's way too much going on for me to have arranged that. And that visit with him absolutely made that trip work. I mean, we would have, it would have worked otherwise, but it made it so fruitful because we were able to get into the heart of the vision to find out what has worked, what has not worked, where are your mistakes. I came away from that, just to overly summarize that trip, you know, I came away from that with one photograph that pretty much summarized why it worked for them. And it's a picture in this little room of a, of a table, and sitting on it is this pink box. 
that you open up the top and it's full of donuts. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and that is the secret sauce, is donuts. Um, food, 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 food. Is, it works in a lot of circumstances. But anyway, relationship. It was a very, very good meeting. If I had tried everything in my human powers to meet with him, I would have had nothing to show for it. There wouldn't have been any meeting. But just by being obedient to God and being where he wanted me to be, doing what it is that I thought he was calling me to do, I found out that I don't have to force my way into the favor of God. God's favor is going to follow me as I follow Jesus. It just shows up there. A minute ago, I... I mentioned that you know God's favor isn't just for our convenience, and the angel told Mary, "Greetings, you are highly favored, not just favored, but highly favored." <coughs> so let's just kind of take a look at her circumstances for a minute. So if we heard this, if you heard this as an unmarried young girl, um, you'd be thinking, "Wow, cool. Okay, so what am I going to get out of this? I'm highly favored. I'm going to get a free wedding on the Wedding Channel, right? Right?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get this big cake made by these cake TV people. It'll be really wonderful. I'm going to get to have a honeymoon on Maui. It's all paid for and a ring from Tiffany's. Blind you with it, you know, big old diamond ring. None of you ladies are that carnal. I realize what a stupid thing to say. So that's what you'd be thinking. But here's, that's not what happened. Here's what comes next. You're highly favored. That translation, you're going to give birth in a barn. It's going to be, appear to be an illegitimate birth. Culturally, that's really, 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 really bad. They put people to death for that sometimes. Oh, and he's going to be the savior of the world, and you're going to get to watch him die on a criminal's cross. Highly favored. Anybody here who still want the favor of God? <laughs> just, I mean, you had your hands up a while ago. I was just checking in for you. Next week, I want to talk about walking in the favor of God. Um, favor, favor of God. First letters, F, walking in the fog. Because sometimes we can't really see what's going on. We can't really tell where we are. But when we're in that fog, we can know he's our leader. He's our guy. And then when you do find God's favor... Even when you're seeking an answer and you can't find a solution, even when you need, you're asking for something that you know you need so much and God won't seem to give it to you now. When you find God's favor, you know it's all about his presence. It's the essence of God's favor isn't what happens to me. It's who I know is with me no matter what happens around me. Now, I came today to tell somebody, and I don't know who, somebody who's struggling or hurting or has a broken heart or has a doctor's report that's discouraging or a situation with your kids or depression in your soul, and you just don't feel God's favor, here's where you need to look first for your answers. And I'm telling you, I'm leaving you with this at the midpoint of a two-week message to find God's favor in life, seek God's presence, not his presence. And then in uncertainty, I have favor. In a valley, I have favor. In bad times, I have favor. In good times, when I'm blessed, 
I have favor, and I thank God and I humble myself because it was God, it wasn't me. And when I find out that I'm not being blessed right now in the way I want to be blessed, I can look back and remember the times that the Lord's favor has been there for me so faithfully and then anticipate what he's going to do. Because I know this, if he's for me, he is so much more than the world against me. And I want the favor of God. Let's pray. Lord, for the times that we have been seeking your favor, and to us that meant favors, forgive us. Forgive us for that, Lord. For those of us that need your presence and realize now, God, we we need your face. We seek your face. We want your favor, grace, but we realize that that will only happen around your face. Lord, we seek after you. God, I pray right now for people who have a sense and a desire in their heart that, yeah, I would like to have favor with God, but I don't really know him. I pray, Lord, that your spirit would speak words of encouragement that as you draw us in, it's because you like us, not because you're contractually bound to love us. So, Lord, as we learn about walking and finding your favor, I ask God for this to supersede all of the beliefs, all of the pictures that have been painted for us in the past about what your favor looks like. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name.